Set your faces to fun and hold on to your buns. Let's talk Star Trek, the next generation. With Charlie and Megan, shut up, Wesley, you're dumb. So come on, set your faces to fun. Welcome back to Set Phasers to Fun, everybody. Yay! S- September. Megan's back from Edinburgh. We have... They can't see you raising your arms. <laughs> they can't see me raising my arms in victory, but I am raising my arms in victory right now. You can tell because of my Scottish accent that I picked up. Yes. <laughs> we have a very special guest. Comedian. Actor. Mm-hmm. Bon vivant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Rhea Butcher is here. Hey! Hello. For having me. Absolutely. She Very is a, exciting. My, my family is from Scotland. Hey! You know, I think I saw them. Quote unquote family, whatever. You know, the white people crap. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> Immediate or <laughs> no, generations? Like, well, I mean, my great grandmother came here from Scotland, so. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you no, been back to the far- ancestral? No, I haven't. I'd like to go. Yeah. I'd like to check it out, see, see why my family's so angry. Nice. <laughs> <Megan just laughs> Why did... we keep grudges, you know, all that stuff. <laughs> Megan just did her show at the Edinburgh French Festival. That's awesome. How did it go? Fantastic, I, I would guess. Well, now that it's over, I will tell you that it was amazing, yeah. and everyone loved me, and it was sold out every night, Beautiful. and all of those are lies, but I had a great time. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Scotland, let me tell you what Scotland was. Scotland was like the universe, in that it was incredibly beautiful, and uh, didn't really care that I was in it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that sounds pretty perfect. <laughs> did you try haggis? Uh, you know what? Um, I I did not try haggis. I watched haggis being tried, and I kind of feel like that was I was haggis adjacent, and I yeah. felt good about that. Yeah. Someone like that was a good. I hosted a stand-up show, and someone that had just been in Scotland for the fringe. Uh, had tried, had tried, or people around them had tried vegetarian haggis, and they were like, something has gone wrong here. If you feel like you should make that, because like I'm a that I'm, I'm a lifetime vegetarian. I've never eaten meat. I I would not try vegetarian haggis because like, what is the point? Because like the point of haggis is like, hey, this is what we've got. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now you know we've we've evolved as human beings and, and created antibacterial soap, so now we can eat whatever. And like, so we keep making it because it's like, oh, it's cultural. But like, at one point we needed haggis to survive, and then vegetarianism is like whatever. Anyway, I'm going on a whole rant. But like, vegetarian haggis, I do eat vegetarian hot dogs, but come on, vegetarian haggis is like a bridge too far. There's no vegetarian... Vegetarian haggis would be like a bell pepper with tofu in it. Yeah, Like, right. what would be... Which is also a vegetarian stuffed pepper, so... Yeah, it's just... Yeah, just eat just eat the pepper. It's just spiced awful. Like, if, right. there's no... Yeah, that doesn't make any sense at all. But it's delicious, I will say. I've had it. They should call it vegetarian gaggus. <laughs> ah, hey. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Because you eat it, and then you want to... Yeah, and then you want to puke it. Yeah. That is considered to be funny... Let's set phasers to listener mail. Yay! And then we can dive into this week's topic with Rhea. Super listener Jenna writes in, for all, uh, she wants to know our favorite characters, our favorite episode, and our top three holodeck scenarios. And then she answers her own question, would the show be better with dogs? (laughs) Yes, it was. Except for that one time the dog turned out to be a slime monster Mm. that ate things. Do you remember this? I do remember. I... I also wonder, would the show have been better with dogs? Now, are you proposing that there would just be dogs on the ship? Or are you saying 
that the characters should have been dogs. Because those yeah, are two I vote for scenario two. different yeah. scenarios. And, like, just dogs on the ship. Hey, I've been on a boat. Not the best thing to have dogs on a boat. Uh, the Enterprise is essentially a boat <laughs> right. in space. And so it's not going to be... There's going to be dogs everywhere. There's going to be poop everywhere. You're going to have to create some sort of position. Some ensign is going to have to pick up all the dog poop. Like, it's just not going to work out. Plus, probably going to have a lot of sickness on the boat, on the yeah. ship because of dogs. Now, if the dogs are characters, totally different scenario that I'm 100% on board with because they'd have their own facilities and they'd just go to the bathroom in there. So- which leads to a kind of a fun idea, which is that if the uh, Star Trek crew were dogs... What breed of dog would they be? Uh-huh. Who would be the pug? Who would be the would pug? Would Worf be the pug? No. No. Worf I think, Shepherd. Yeah, because I think you base the the dog characteristics on the characteristics of the breed that are not necessarily the external physical attributes. Sure. It would be the way the dogs act. Right. And what the breed existed for. So I, I would actually think, like, Deanna Troy would be a pug. You don't think she'd be like a beautiful pomeranian with see you're flowing you're hair. going no you're because pomeranians pomeranians are great dogs but they are not as like intuitive and empathic as a pug would be because okay. pugs were designed as like pillow warmers for oh, okay. for kings oh, in perfect. in china and stuff and so they had to be like aware of the presence of others and aware of yeah. their purpose to warm and um, keep everyone on the same page. Uh-huh. <laughs> I am surprising really? myself deep dog at how much I know about this whole thing. Um, <laughs> this is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So um, I don't know. So Worf, I think you're right with the German Shepherd thing. Yeah. Like fiercely loyal, oh. very much yeah, um, understanding of their job mm-hmm. and purpose, mm-hmm. and and very connected to that job and purpose and a belief in that. I feel like Picard might be like a lassie type yeah border collie mm-hmm. um i'm feeling like beverly is gonna be like a corgi either that or a saint bernard i mean that's, oh saint bernard i'm being be, pretty yeah. on the nose with that's that but you know yeah no saint bernard that's good <laughs> that boy you're just kicking ass at this game ria yeah i think yeah. i think Riker is a golden retriever for sure sure <laughs> a horny golden retriever <laughs> a horny golden retriever <laughs> I think maybe Data might be like a Weimaraner. Maybe that's just because of the eyes, mm-hmm. but he's sleek. Sure. Wesley's like one of those like Jack Russell Terriers that won't stop barking. And you're like, come on. It's three in the morning. Yeah, but they're always right. Stop. They always know what's up. But they're always, they're right. always they're correct. They're for a reason. I feel like Wesley might be able to solve the dogs. If he weren't a dog, he'd be able to solve the dog on the Enterprise problem. Because right. he'd be like, I will design nanites to clean up dog poop. <laughs> You know, just that for Wesley, that, that everyone becomes a dog except for Wesley. Like, that's a typical Wesley Crusher episode. Like, everyone's a dog except Wesley. Right. That's about And right. that's the name like, of the episode. Oh. Everyone's a dog except Wesley. <laughs> 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 what would Jordy be, though? Oh, boy. Oh. What's the nerdiest sad sack dog? Sharpay? Maybe a border collie. Maybe he'd be like, like, come on, everybody. Get, get in here. Yeah. Come on. Do I have, yeah. don't make me. Come on. <laughs> please. Please. And Tasha Yar is just a, is a pit bull for sure. Pit bull. Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, but like the best kind of pit bull. Like the pit bull. Yeah, a pit bull with pit a good owner. Not the like, 
Right. A pit bull yeah, with an owner that understands owner. what the pit bull is and what it needs. <laughs> not somebody that has a pit bull that's not, not fixed with no leash and goes, what do you mean? Not that kind of owner. Tasha Yar's yeah, owner that is would like... Be, that would be Tasha's sister. <laughs> right. Who right. stayed on the rape planet. <laughs> yes. She's like the she's like the pit bull with the bad owner. Look, oh, this yes, is all see? coming together. Yeah. We're, it's we're all really putting together, it together. Y'all. So thank you, Jenna, for this perfect question. Um, yeah. So yeah, I I would watch either show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I would still watch either <laughs> show. I think my interest is more peaked for the one where the characters are dogs. But do they get? Maybe they just get turned into dogs temporarily. Do yeah, great more... holodeck episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of similar to I. I <gasps> one of my favorite episodes that I don't know the title of because I didn't do any research before I came on your lovely podcast. But um, I like the one where they all get turned into animals, where they're not actually animals, oh. but each of them is. Like, displaying the, the characteristics of the animal that they would be, and, like, Picard is terrified. Yeah, they... And Worf is, like, a predator and stuff, and, and um, that, that one I really stuck with me as when I was a kid watching it, because it was so high concept yeah. that I was just like, what? That's, yeah, like, a virus mutates them back yeah. in their previous, uh... They're, like, evolution. It's like forms or De-evolution, whatever. is that what it was called? Um, and Worf turns into the, the, you know, giant monster with the horns. Y'all, I figured it out. I figured out the cold open to this episode, which is, like, when they get turned into dogs. Like, what are they doing when they get turned into dogs? Wait for it. They're playing poker. That's what's oh, happening. Oh, shit. They're playing poker, and they're like, and Wes is, is like, I'll go get mistake? a drink. Is this... And then he goes to get, like, a drink, and he comes back, and it's all dogs. It's definitely yeah. a holodeck mistake. Holodeck mistake. They're playing yeah. poker on the, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's beautiful. Classic holodeck mistake. Data wants to, like, recreate the killing of, um... Wild Bill Hickok. Uh, so they're in the Old yeah. West, and they get turned into... <laughs> Dead Man's Hand. Yeah. Which, also, there's a dog that features prominently in that scenario as well. Is there? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember whose dog it is, but it's like a French bulldog that just loved Bill. Oh, so that was I'm in the I'm reading Deadwood, the book. Okay. That is... It's a novel, and it's somewhat fictional, but somewhat non-fictional. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of what Dave... David Milch based the series off of okay. this novel okay. by Pete Dexter. Um, so I'm listening to that, and there is a dog that's involved in that. <laughs> so you guys, it all fits. It all tracks. Uh, who would, what would Loxana Troy be? Oh. Yeah, she'd have to be one of those fancy dogs. Yeah, I mean, I feel like she'd be like a Chinese crested. Oh. Or maybe like a standard poodle, like a giant poodle. Like one of those giraffe poodles. Are, do they make giraffe poodles? I think so. Yeah, sure. They can make anything these days. <laughs> like one of those, like, giant... Like, no, no, no! One of those labradoodles. Like, they're huge and they're affectionate and they're everywhere. They look like Muppets come to life. Yeah. Right. And you're like, ah, quit licking me. I'm Picard. I don't want it. Right? Like, it'd be like that. Um, I think maybe the complication of this episode is that um, they have to negotiate with the cat planet. <laughs> Does the cat planet keep, like, shooting lasers at them and get distracted by its own? Exactly. <laughs> that's the big... That's how they solve it. Picard the planet figures, is just a big ball of yarn that's <laughs> twisting. Picard just shines a light on one of the moons, and the cat's all <laughs> yeah, bad the at cats it. the are like, what? And they fly, they fly away to safety. Oh, this is perfect. Uh, this sounds like something Q could, could make happen for yeah. us. Yeah, legit. Let's get Q on the horn. Let's get Q on the horn. <laughs> 
Well, and that goes to, speaks to Jenna's other question, which is who's our favorite characters? And I'm on the record in this podcast clearly as being my favorite character is Q. Yeah. Rhea, you want to weigh in? I mean, fave character? Yeah, I'd love to weigh in. Um, I, is it okay to have two? Yes. Of course. Because okay. um, Data and Tasha Yar are my two favorite characters. For sure. Like, I feel like as a kid, I saw Tasha Yar and was like, what the shit? <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, what's this? <laughs> and Hold it, like, on just a second. It didn't matter what she was doing. I was just like, what? What is that hair? She has short hair. Just, like, losing my mind. <laughs> and she's like, you know, uh, insecurity. And she's a woman in security. Like, that, that was so cool to me. But ultimately, over the length of the series, um, Data was my favorite because I think I, I loved, I grew up on the, the original series in syndication, mm-hmm. watching it a ton when I would go to my dad's house for supervision, or supervision, uh, what is the word? Uh, visitation. visitation. Thank you. Jesus. Um, I would go over for visits and it would be on, you know, there was like an hour block of Star Trek and so I would watch it and I loved Spock. I just super related to Spock because he was, like, so logical and just, like, very... And I think that as a little gay kid, that's why I related, because it was, like, just a... Just a... Just a... Just... I'm just a person. I'm just a person. And, like, his, his, like, maleness didn't really, um, enter into it necessarily for me. You know, like, I'm a kid grappling all this stuff, like... Spock, Spock's, um, the thing about Spock and what's so attractive about Spock, like, the interest in him is that, is like, yeah, he isn't a a man, but his, like, manliness doesn't enter into the the fray, and that's purposeful because then it allows for Kirk's manliness to really, uh, (laughs) take hold and be, like, expressive, because if if you have two manly men fighting over stuff, then it's just two manly men, but I think I really related to Spock's just, like, solidity in who he was mm-hmm. and everybody thought he was a weirdo except for him <laughs> you know <laughs> and he has that duality of being a human and being a Vulcan and so when you're a gay kid you're you you have the, these two parts of yourself and sometimes in my case I was like hiding it because I didn't understand it and I was trying to figure it out so seeing Spock was kind of like helpful for me in that way so Data is the same thing like he's he's an android surrounded by human beings and he kind of thinks he's a human being but he also knows that he's not you know so there's like this like i am the same as you but also i'm not and so i think i really love those two characters in star trek for that reason he strives to be a part of the crew but is confident with who he is yes yeah absolutely yeah yeah um so you were like in elementary school when the tng was on the air yeah it started in 89 right so i was um seven seven or 87 okay all those years right at the end there get real. I if you if we're talking about music, I know exactly music or movies. I know exactly when stuff comes out, but like TV and stuff is blurry for some reason. I think because I was watching so much television. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I watched I watched the Harry and the Hendersons television show. Wow. Do you guys remember That's that that was even a cut. thing? That's a deep cut TV show. And the, reference. the the guy that played the dad is like a character actor that everybody knows. And I knew him from that. Like, everybody knows him from, like, the part that... I know him as, like, oh, that's a dad from Harry and the Hendersons, the TV show. You guys didn't watch you that? You should meet him and and lead with that. And he would be... Th- he might be thrilled. He probably would be. Like, oh, my would God, be. you're the dad from Harry you're and the, the Hendersons. Harry and he'd be like, I'm so touched that you remember this. I feel like... I, this, this B-side of my career. Yeah. That's outstanding. You should spin off 
uh, your own podcast of just TV shows that only you watched <laughs> in the <laughs> I mean, early nineties. Yeah, that's pretty much. I would love to go into some deep. Did you guys? Did you guys watch Out of This World at all? Do you guys no. remember that show? That was a teenager who was the the child. Uh, a Spock-like child of a human and an alien, and she communicated with her father through some orb in her bedroom? No. So this was like a, wow. a, a, a wildly high concept that, that I used to watch all the time because I watched a ton of TV when I was on these like visitations and stuff. And then, cut to years later, I'm making the first season of Take My Wife, and we're in post, and we have this lovely post supervisor who is, like, helping us with all this stuff, and I'm just, like, we're working side by side, like, trying to get all this stuff done, and then one day we have a little bit of a break, and we're talking to each other, and I was like, I feel like we worked on something before, and she's like, I get that all the time. I was like, oh, okay, and she's like, it's because I was in a TV show, it's called Out of This World, and I was like, what? You're getting, what? (laughs) She was the star of the show, and she's like, yeah, I just, you know, I didn't really do anything after that, I kind of got out of acting, and and I was like, Oh my god! Like, lose. I was fanning out so hard. Oh, but that was pretty great. That's outstanding. Was it like a like one of those, like, small wonder TV shows? Like those, like... Kinda. I mean... Only it, in syndication? It yeah. was a sitcom? Yeah, it was a sitcom. Okay. And it, I definitely watched it in syndication on, on Sundays. I don't know that it aired on primetime. It, it would have been on, like, a channel that would eventually be UPN and the CW. You know, like, that kind of thing. Like, I think it was maybe on that kind of a channel. Right. Um, but yeah... You, you, you might find it, and you might remember it when you watch it. <laughs> I will have to look that up. Yeah. I watched all kinds of bad... Uh, in the in those days, like, there was a show called Mantis, which was a sci-fi show. I watched show. Mantis. Oh, boy. Sure. Uh, there was another one with... Give me some more, Charlie. I aliens. probably watched it. I don't remember the name of it, but there were aliens, and there was, like, a lady who could shoot lasers out of her hands if she did, like, Tai Chi. Mm-hmm. Um, there were... It was, like a, it was like a V knockoff, I feel like. Or in that kind of vein. Oh. Yeah, I remember that. There, v freaked me out too. Like yeah. when she has the baby, I was yeah, like, yeah. "I'm never having kids." <laughs> <I'm> never... <laughs> <laughs> um, there was a V ripoff, and then there was a the what was the alien movie where they had like the big brain looking heads? Alien Nation. Yeah, and then they made a TV show of that, <gasps> and I only knew I the TV show. Alien Nation. All of this stuff was coming out right when Star Trek: The Next Generation was yeah, happening, yeah. and I remember Star Trek: The Next Generation just being like, "Oh, this is the good one." <laughs> I remember watching an episode of Alien Nation where they have the sex, and they have the sex by humming on each other's spines, right? Like, that's how they, that's how the aliens procreated, is like, the one alien would hum, like, mm, along the other one's spines, and that would be, that would, and I was like, I'm having an awakening of some kind right now. <laughs> like, I might be, I might be alien-oriented. Like, it yeah. was remarkable. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you started your magazine, Spine Humming. That's right. Spinehum.com. Go right to me. (laughs) There's a website for everything. Absolutely. Um, Do you have a favorite episode? Oh, it was that one where they they become the... Oh, the evolution. The the evolution one, yeah. yeah. It's up there. I also like when um, the... I think it's a two-parter with lore... Oh, yeah, yeah. That yeah, was on, when I was traveling recently, the, the BBC, BBC America plays it a lot, and it was on, um, and I left it on, and I love, I don't know, I just, I love, I love the things I love, because sure. the things I love tend to be things that um, you you experience them, you love them, and then you get a little bit older and you re-experience them, and then they grow with you. Those are my favorite kinds of things, and even just the name lore 
like naming data data and lore lore is like Mwah! like I love like getting to it as an adult being like oh I have more critical thinking now this is so Mwah! 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 I love it and this show does that a lot like there's a lot oh, of yeah. allegory and, and use of sci-fi as a social commentary that totally. you definitely did not get when you no, were eight or nine or nobody does yeah. um, but then now you watch it and you're yeah. like this was on like 1991, and they're talking about gay rights, or they're yep. talking about um, whatever. It's. Uh, I mean, it's even really to something. just say, I don't know that we um, talk about that. I remember, I remember when this was happening, and people were losing their minds. And you know, we used to quote lose our minds in a completely different way than we do now, because the internet allows literally every human being to lose their mind personally and publicly, <laughs> which is good and also bad. But um, I remember when they were when this was in the works and it was going to come out and people lost their goddamn minds because they changed it to boldly go where no one has gone before and people were like you can't change it and it's like this is the whole thing is made up it was somebody made it up so yeah we can change it because somebody just made it up yeah (laughs) like it's just and i remember thinking like how cool that was that they changed it so it was like more inclusive and, yeah. like, the whole point of Star Trek was to be more inclusive, even though the, like, creator of it is pretty much a, a terrible dude. But <laughs> sometimes you can separate the art from the person, I think, a little bit. Sure. And the show got demonstrably better once that dude was not around anymore. Yeah, when other people were involved, and, yeah. Yeah. Have you guys watched the, the Spock documentary that um, Leonard Nimoy's son made? No. It's pretty great. There's some pretty great stuff in there. He was... Uh, Leonard Nimoy was... Uh, a pretty stand-up dude for his like fellow actors, because uh, when they were gonna they were gonna make the spin-off cartoon and just bring him and Shatner back, and he was like, "I'm I will not do the show unless you bring Michelle Nichols and uh, everybody else." That's awesome. Uh, Walter Nimoy Kane. forever. Yeah, like he he and and uh, George Takei. Basically, they they didn't want George Takei and Michelle Nichols. Are <laughs> basically just like we just want the white guys, and he was like, "Nope, not gonna do it." Wow. You have to bring them on. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And, Way to go, Leonard. And apparently he was, like, standing up for the actors that uh, the creator of the show was um, tormenting and harassing on set. So it's cool. Yeah. Seems like he was a cool dude. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, you ever watch those uh, Y2K prep videos that he uh, narrated? <laughs> no, I didn't know. Oh, they're thing. so awesome. Yeah, it's Leonard Nimoy, and he's like, save your water in your bathtub. Mm. Because... Y2K's coming, and we're all doomed. Well, uh, then we know like it was Leonard 16 Nimoy years later. Way. Yeah, of, of course. I know, yeah. that was a spot-on Leonard Nimoy impression. You're like, is Leonard Nimoy back, back from the grave on this podcast right now? Yeah. Like, it was such a spot-on impression. Fame <laughs> director of three men and a baby back here in the... <laughs> An erotic photographer, Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> we, we need more Leonard Nimoy impersonators. Yeah. In the world. I'll work on it. Okay. If... <laughs> I did learn how to I to to that's, raise an eyebrow from the show. Wow. Like I taught myself nice. to do it because I was like, "That's fucking cool." That's powerful. That's a powerful. <laughs> Rhea, eyebrow. You got priorities, right? I can you only do one. Yeah, absolutely. But I have memories of myself as like six years old, just in my yard, going like. Ah, <laughs> For the listeners, Maria is doing a pretty amazing about, eyebrow. I can get it yeah. about two inches. Like a, yeah, it's like a good yeah a good two inch. Like two inches of one is in the, your right eyebrows in the middle of your forehead. And yeah, your, is just directly over your eye. It's pretty... <laughs> I wish I could do both, but I. I it's 
That's not bad. I don't think I can. It's not very natural on the other side. <laughs> yeah, Carly, when you do it, you just look worried. I just turned yeah. my head sideways. Yeah. <laughs> you just like, like, oh. I can do it with look my. Anxious. Yeah. Can you do it, Megan? <laughs> I can do it. Let me see. I can do yeah. one. Yeah, there it is. But the other one. I can't do with. The, I look like I'm solving yeah, a math problem. Your head is just yeah, turning yeah, around. Just turning. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I can do other things with my face, guys. Don't. It's really great that other we're practicing talent. our <laughs> eyebrow raises on this audio-only yeah. podcast. I think this is good. This I feel like people can relate air. to that, though. Yeah. <laughs> you guys should. Tw- you should take a picture of you, the two of you raising your eyebrows. P.S. And we can put it on the. We will do that. Yeah, we'll do that. And then fans should do that as well. Yes. Oh, I love this plan. <laughs> as our, yeah. Um, Good work. So, what would your, Ria, what would, uh, what would a good holodeck scenario for you be? What would you do if you could create any kind of recreational program for yourself? And it would be good for question, me, right? Or, Not just for, for the, you. For me. Or calisthenics. <laughs> um, <laughs> man. I mean, so... I really, I liked, I'm very much a Picard sort of a holodeck thing, because he, he loved going to, like, um, Sherlock times and stuff. So I'm very much into, like, the period idea, uh-huh. like, getting to check out different periods, and it being, see, I also grew up loving Back to the Future, and so I always wanted to go to the 50s. And then as an adult, I was like, why in the hell? I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm a child, so my, my idea of the 50s is different, but, like, I as an adult, I'm like, you, I would not survive in the 50s. <laughs> like, no one wants, no one wants you in the 50s. <laughs> like, it's not, it's not some ideal time. It's just in movies and stuff. But I would love to go to a fake 50s where it's, like, diverse and everybody's having a great time and all the clothes are the cool clothes that I want to wear. Right. And, uh, like, a, all I want is a Pepsi and a bottle. You know what I mean? You want to go to a rockabilly concert. No, I do not want to go to a rockabilly concert. No, I do not, Charlie. You're not going to fool me into going to a rockabilly concert. You've done it before. Not going to happen again. It's our running joke. I'm always tricking. I was like, Rhea, we're going to go get some cake now. And I'm like, oh my God, cake. It's an ice cream party. All of a sudden, it's... It's like, God damn God damn this stand-up face. Rub it up, rub it up. That would be my holodeck scenario. I guess my holodeck scenario would be that I get to be Marty McFly in nineteen first nineteen fifty five. Not got it. Not Back to the Future Part Two. You want to go Pleasantville post character realization? Yes. You should not be so conformist. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Megan. (laughs) Yes, Charles. Where would your holodeck scenario be? I don't know if we talked. I don't remember if we talked about this before. I don't know if we talked about it either. Well, I'm really digging this Back to the Future thing, so I, I just, I don't know. I, maybe I would go along with Rhea, and we, I would be like the, could I be like the, the Doc Brown in this scenario? Of could I just be the one that's like, wah! Then you've got to get to the, we've got to hook up the 1.21 gigawatts. Like, I could just, like, you got to come back with role. me. Yeah, exactly. I would feel very comfortable with that. I'm ready for that kind of hair. Yeah, I mean, you'd it. have a, you'd have a mansion all to yourself. Yeah, with plus the, he rocked some great shirts, Doc Brown. Yeah. That, like, some of those shirts were That train were shirt phenomenal. is great. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I might like to mix some genres. I might go to, like, Caveman Detective solves Jack the Ripper. <laughs> <laughs> wow, mix and match. Yeah. Because you want fun costumes, and you want... Yeah, of course. You want good mysteries. Yeah. Um, good. And I would hope that my program would ruin the ship somehow. 
or like cause a problem on the ship for that episode. Oh yeah, Jack the Ripper gets loose, and then yeah, <laughs> Game Man Detective runs loose on the ship. <laughs> Wesley gets killed by the Jack by Jack the Ripper. But why would Jack the Ripper kill Wesley? That doesn't fit his. Ah, or would he? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Maybe for copyright reasons we'd have to make up another Victorian serial killer. Yeah, right? Yeah, make a new one. Or, you know, I would also do, like, just a, a general, like, sort of adventure-style Indiana Jones kind of a thing. Oh, that'd be fun, yeah. You know, just doing my own thing. Um, out there, finding although artifacts. Think, although I would take them back to this where through, they came from, not a museum. Mm. If you're on the Enterprise, every day is an adventure. So my holodeck might be like a light, like a just sitting in a quiet room drinking yeah. ginger ale. I like like it. that might actually be like I'm what like, kind of what kind of ginger ale? I can't fight any more aliens or make any more scientific discoveries. I just want I just would like to sit in this like club chair <laughs> yeah. and drink drink a sparkling water. That might be how I want to spend my holodeck. Like a like a New York seltzer. Yeah, yeah. You or like an that? egg cream. For sure. <laughs> I used, like I used to pound those back in the day. Egg creams? No, 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 no. New York seltzer. Stop the presses. When I was in Scotland, I had a Schweppes lemonade. Whoa. It was like the fanciest lemonade I've ever had. It's like it comes in these little tiny bottles, and they're sparkling, but they're lemonade. So they're sweet because I'm a child, uh -huh. but also sparkling because I'm a fancy lady. They were amazing. And I'm like, I got to get my hands on some American Schweppes lemonade. Like, I don't know if they have. Do have they even had? make it here? I, I don't know. I've never seen it. I've only ever seen Schweppes ginger ale. We don't have anything here in Iowa, so you've got to find it in California. Wait, you don't have any Schweppes? Charles. We might have some, like, tonic water in the yeah. back, like, with a sign that says, you really should be getting the Miller Lite. Like, <laughs> yeah. what are you doing? Do I'm you pretty sure are? we had white grape Schweppes in Ohio, okay. like, right before what? I left. Did you, um, what's your ginger ale brand there? Is it, like, Dr. Safeway's old-time ginger ale? Is it, like, <laughs> <laughs> Or do you have, do you have Verner's? <laughs> no, we have, like, we have, like, Canada Dry as a no. ginger ale. Isn't that isn't that a ginger ale that exists? What's the green can? Yeah, that's most all, most ginger are ales are green, right? Yeah, yeah well, that's right. Canada yeah, Dry yeah. and that's Schweppes right. and Burgers. Listeners, yeah. if you have a lead on Schweppes lemonade, for lemonade, Megan, get it, get Interesting. it. So good. I had Schweppes lemonade and cheesecake for every meal, and I had six meals a day. Whoa! That was fantastic. Did you have any yeah, scotch? Fantastic. Did you have any scotch whiskey? No, but I had some amazing gin and tonics. Because apparently in Edinburgh, they make their own gin. That's like a thing they do. And sure. their gin all has like weird things in it, like crackle bush seed. Like what? Like edelderberry essence. That's fun. With, yeah, spring, springtime, you know, chutney. I love chutney in the springtime. <laughs> Although I do not require sustenance, I occasionally ingest semi-organic nutrient suspension in a silicone-based liquid medium. I mean, basically, I just, like, love Tasha. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, there was just no... And that concludes our episode. Yeah. <laughs> so, your two favorite characters are Tasha and Dana. Yeah, yep. What happened to you when they had sex? <laughs> what did you think? Yeah, that's what I want to know. What, what season was that? One. That's, like, episode two or three, I think. I feel like yeah. I probably... I'll bet I know what happened, because I forgot that that happened until you just said it. So I feel like I was probably like, um, I need to go get some gum, and just left. Because <laughs> that's what I would always do 
when a movie or TV had like sex in it in any capacity because I was re- just re- it just always made me really uncomfortable. Sure. And my I lived in the house with my grandparents and my mom. My mom and I moved back in with her parents, and there was a jar that was like a candy jar, but it always had extra. Or, is it extra? Anyway, doesn't matter. Gum in it, and I would be like, Ah, I gotta go get some gum, and I would go just hang out by that jar. <laughs> <laughs> like the peeping Tom scene in Back to the Future, I would be like, gotta go! I gotta get some gum! And I'd be like four. Did you go peek back in the <laughs> no. room to see if it was okay? No, I like, well, I knew how long that took, and I would just like, <laughs> I would just let it be, and I could hear like, Stella, another one of these damn kids jumped in front of my car! Help me get him in the house! And then I'd be like, nope, time to go back in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, remember... I love that your go-to is gum. Oh, yeah. Got any gum? Perfect. Um, yeah. I um, remember being affected when Tasha died. Like, I think oh, the, yeah. that's my first memory of, like, TV, like, emotionally yeah. affecting me. Because it was, like, one of my space friends just yeah, died. Yeah, your space pal. Yeah, so super shocking. Yeah. yeah I was. had the Tasha Yar haircut back in the, in the early 90s. Me too. Kind of. The guy that cut it, instead of giving me just a straight part, he, like, overlapped the pieces so that it was a zigzag. Which was very confusing to try to recreate. It was cool the first time, but then I think he forgot that I was a child. I think he was gay and also saw that I was and was trying to give me something cool, so I totally appreciate it. But when you're in, like, fifth grade and you have, like, a part that goes like this and you have to, like, painstakingly comb it back into that, like, it's just not going to happen. Right. But I love that haircut. Yeah, it's outstanding. I think it is one of the iconic haircuts of uh, the 1990s. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it. It's like the Rachel and this Tasha Yar. Yeah, because Tasha Yar had that, and then there was that show China Beach that was on at the same time. Do you guys remember that show? Mm -hmm. And there was a woman. Yes, Dana Delaney had the same haircut, and then you fast forward to Northern Exposure. Yeah, (gasps) and she had the same haircut on that show. I talked to her the first time. Those are three excellent haircuts. See, all three Tasha Yar. Yeah, excellent. Um, Rhea is bringing a depth to this podcast, Charlie, Correct. that you and I cannot achieve on our own. Absolutely. Like, we've got dog breed knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. we got Dana Delaney knowledge. Uh-huh. Fuck we knowledge. got out-of-this-world syndicated television yes. show. Like, yeah. listen, this is a podcast with depth that people are really getting their money's worth. Correct. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Rhea. Uh, Absolutely. Anytime. It's my pleasure. <laughs> what? Uh, do you remember when Tasha's daughter came back from the original, or did you only see it in this, since it's been on BBC? Uh, when she came back. Yeah, I have vague memories of all these things. Where Tasha... I remember the, the sister being a thing. Right. I remember everything being a thing, but well, I Well, they went back in time, and then Tasha got captured, and then mm-hmm. she had a baby with a Romulan. Right. And then the daughter came back. As uh, a Romulan. As a Romulan. But it was right. Denise Crosby. I, I loved how... In retrospect, I love how, uh, how much the Romulans exist in Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah. More so than they did in the original series. Right. Like, all of a sudden, like, let's talk about Romulans! <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty good uh, nemesis to have. Yeah, they are pretty great. Yeah, I mean, I remember all that stuff. I don't know how many feelings I had about it, though. Okay. Because I was, like, getting older and kind of being like, I'm not into this, even though I was. Because <laughs> I had all the action figures in, like, a carrying case, and I was like, mm, no, I'm cool, but... <laughs> Like the, wow. the human-sized one. I, I saw the box. Sized. I can't find the fucking 
thing. Have you ever been to a convention? No. I mean, I've only been to Comic-Con, which is not specifically Star Trek. That's still pretty nerdy. But there's a lot of Star Trek people there. Um, a lot of Trekkers there. I'm going to show you something. Please do. But I, I, did, I do like seeing all this. Ooh-hoo! I'm pretty sure I had this. I, I fucking had this. It's, it's sure. my daddy yo-yo. Sent, yeah. to an, sent in by super listener Jason McCullough. Yeah, I had this. Um, I had this. I have the, I had the first issue of the comic. Um, and I had two costumes that my mom made me. I had a, a, a security ensign one, and then I had a red one, too. Because I was Data for Halloween. And I'm still trying to find the photos. The photos have, like, disappeared. Oh, I had no. my hair back and the full makeup, silver eyebrows and everything. Wow. And a tricorder oh. and, the, and the thing, and the suit, the uniform that my wow. mom made. Outstanding. Your mom made it? Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, she worked at Joanne Fabrics. And oh, she's a uh, seamstress and got a pattern for it, made it. And then I also had a communicator because my, her sister, my aunt, was a huge Star Trek fan. So th- the two of them were big, 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 big fans. And then it's sort of like, that's why I was a fan of it, too. They had, like, the... The big thick book of like that was essentially IMDb for Star Trek: The Next Generation <laughs> that would list like any time Data used a contraction or anything, <laughs> but also like all the connections of all wow. the episodes and stuff. I can't sure. remember what it's called, but she had that. Um, um, I just got some uh, holodeck pattern fabric printed up oh, from nice. Spoonflower, uh, and I'm trying to figure out what I want my seamstress wife to smoking make. Smoking jacket. Oh, a smoking jacket. <laughs> oh. Well, my mind right idea. now. Yeah. Uh, I don't have enough, as many smoking jackets as I would like. Yeah. Who life. does, Charlie? Who does? Who does? You can never have an, enough smoking jackets. You can never have enough smoking jackets. <laughs> um, That's guys, the kind of you want like seven days worth of smoking jackets. Yeah. <laughs> One uh, for every day. Um, guys, I think that does it for set phasers to fun. This was so much fun. What a delight uh, it's been to have Rhea Butcher here. It's totally awesome. I love this. The this time is so great. totally flown by. Yeah. Um, and let's take a minute, Charlie, and plug Rhea's Twitter feed, which I follow uh, with great aplomb, um, because she is a, has a wonderful mix of hilarity and moral outrage, which <laughs> yeah. I look for in a Twitter feed. Thank yeah. you. So, Rhea, what's your it's, Twitter it's, handle? It's time to it's, set phasers it, to plugs. <laughs> Uh, my Twitter, my Twitter handle is at Rhea Butcher, and that's R H E A B U T C H E R, and I have the same um, Instagram handle. Uh, but yeah, you can follow me on those two things. And also, I'm going on a 20 plus city tour with my lovely wife Cameron Esposito called the Back to Back Tour, starting on September 20th. We'll be starting in September in Seattle in September. So we'll go to Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, San Diego. Uh, Phoenix, on to Austin, Dallas, Houston, um, Atlanta, Georgia, New Orleans, Cleveland, Ohio, Brooklyn, New York. So tons of places. If you live someplace, odds are I'm coming there. So buy tickets to uh, one of those stops. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and you can get tickets to those uh, dates on my website, which is just www.riabutcher.com, or all tickets are in all bios of all my social media. <laughs> <laughs> you could not have made it easier for people to buy no, tickets I couldn't. to your show. And if you yeah. don't Other live than in buying the tickets awesome. for them and sending them to their house and coming and picking them up in a Rhea Butcher lift and taking them to the show, <laughs> I made it pretty easy. We'd like to announce the opening of that contest. <laughs> One lucky set faces to fan listener will win tickets and Rhea will come pick you up. No, they will <laughs> not. <laughs> that is your ultimate holodeck scenario brought to you by set faces to fun. Um, I don't have a damn thing to plug right now. 
Megan, do you have anything to plug? Are you doing any stand-ups? God. Or... I want to... No, oh, God. I don't know, man. I'm so tired from Scotland. Yeah. I will say this, though. Let me... Let me... Um, I opened for Cameron Esposito, your lovely wife, when she came to Iowa City a couple of years oh, ago. Oh, awesome. And I'm sure that she remembers me, and you can tell I'm her sure I she said does. hello. I will tell her that you said hello. <laughs> Absolutely, I will. That's great. <laughs> I... It's a... Um, can I tell you my Cameron Esposito story? Please real quick? do. Let's so do it. she um they call me and they're like, Cameron Esposito's coming. Megan, will you open her? I said, sure. I haven't done stand-up in a long time, but I could probably pull some material together. They're like, great. We want like 10 minutes. I was like, I got it. 10 minutes, mm -hmm. boom, I got it. They call me like a week before, and they're like, look, uh, some stuff's happened. We lost a comic. Anyway, uh, we need you to do 15 minutes. Now, Rhea, you know, because you stand up, yeah. the difference between 10 minutes and 15 it's is large. ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, I don't have I don't have 15 minutes. I could maybe stretch it to 12. Yeah. That's it. I can only do 12. And they're like, okay, it'll be fine. So I get there, and uh, I'm, we're in the bowels of this theater. It's this big old vaudeville theater, right? And I can hear Cameron in the other room, and I'm, I'm sort of eavesdropping, waiting to, like, come in to introduce myself, like, hi, I'm Megan, I'm opening for you, you know, whatever. And she's talking to the producers, and then they're like, okay, so Ethan Simmons Patterson's going to open, and he's going to do, you know, 10 minutes, and then Megan's going to come out, and she's going to do 20 minutes. And I was like... So it got bigger. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, I was like, oh, no! <laughs> Cameron's going to sit there, and she's going to have her feet on the desk, like, thinking she's got 20 minutes, and meanwhile, I'm going to hit minute 13... And like dive off that stage, and she's gonna like I'm gonna yeah. ruin Cameron. Like I have this whole like panic. So I go in there, and uh, Rhea, you, said, you only know me in this little computer screen yeah. in life. Like I'm a giant woman, right? Like I'm like okay. Brienne of Tarth. Like yeah. I am like tall and blonde and huge. And I'm like, Cameron's for that. Oh, it's me, Megan. Gargan. Like I like overwhelmed her, and I was like, they said that I was gonna do 20, and I I am gonna do 12, and I want to set. Like I freak out, and Cameron was like the horse whisperer for like panicky. Yeah. Like she was like, hey, it's gonna be fine. Yep. It's okay. You're just gonna do the time that you need. Like she was. Right. And then I was yeah. like, why is she acting like I'm a crazy person? And then I was like, oh, it's because I'm a crazy person right now. <laughs> so then I went out there and I crushed it for 12 and a half minutes. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and then she came on and she was a, a devastatingly amazing and it was incredible yeah she's the best she's, great. she's the best right yeah she's super good <laughs> yeah. so that was a delight oh that's but great watch her work. so awesome alright this has been Set Faces Fun thanks to Rhea thanks for, for having us. me this is so much fun yay come back anytime, anytime. absolutely please I will anytime. yeah we'll consult you for all our dark green questions <laughs> yeah. I'll call you <laughs> <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Thanks, kids. Bye. Veronica. The gathering is concluded.